Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode uh, 95, episode 95 Franco's World. Thanks for stopping by. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Franco's World underscore. Subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Leave a review, all that. I'm on YouTube. I'm trying to make clips, all that stuff. Tell your friends about the show so it can grow. And yeah, all right. Here's the deal. West Virginia basketball. I got to talk about them for a little bit. It's the alma mater. I know a lot of my listeners have no affiliation with West Virginia basketball, but I need to talk about West Virginia basketball for like five minutes, okay? Because that loss to that Syracuse team honestly hurt me more than my breakup did a year ago. And it took me a while to get over the breakup. And I've I've basically gotten over the West Virginia loss, but the initial sting, the initial sting of the loss... You know, I, the breakup I had with my girlfriend was due to circumstance. We want different things now, or we want different things in the future. Let's get it over with now. You know, that way it doesn't hurt as bad. The basketball game, I had built it up in my mind that this W team, this West Virginia team, with all the craziness that had been going on in the college basketball world, with the blue bloods of college basketball sucking. Duke stinks on ice. North Carolina stinks on ice. Um, who else is a perennial power? UCLA is like a mid-tier team. Um, and they're, and uh, who else? I, I, you know the classic Blue Bloods. This year is crazy, okay? And West Virginia playing in the Big 12, you're getting the best of the best week in and week out, which now I guess is like the Pac-12, I guess, the premier basketball conference. I don't know where. But uh, and, and the Big 12, like I said, it's a tough conference. And West Virginia competing at that high level, winning games, they, they're coming back from it. major deficits, and the games that they're losing to the top-tier teams are by, like, one possession. Bro, that Gonzaga game early in the year when we had Oscar Shibway, who isn't even didn't even finish the year with the same roster, we lost by, like, a handful of points. We were winning midway through the second half, a late push and a couple of bad – a bad charge call with a seven-point swing. Uh, speaking of which, I got to – make a point about the charge call real quick that call along with not that in the Gonzaga game but the charge the charge call the charge call and the basketball rule where like you have a billion seconds to bring it up the court if you call timeout or if the ball gets knocked out of bounds in college basketball are bananas I'm not saying this is why West Virginia lost Syracuse I'm saying it aided in the loss to Syracuse because Syracuse had them at a puncher's distance all game, played a great game, shot the lights out, 2-3 two, three, two, three zone was, you couldn't penetrate it, okay? I want to get that out there. For the Syracuse people listening, this isn't, you you play great. This isn't about you. It's a dumb rule. And I think you'll admit it too, that what do you mean we can trap you in the corner for eight and a half seconds, you call timeout, and then you just get this the clock restarts and then you can also get trapped in the corner again for another eight and a half seconds throw it off somebody goes out of bounds get trapped in the corner again for another eight and a half seconds finally cross half court how is that allowed how is that a thing that doesn't make sense to me logically speaking that rule in basketball does not make sense so that rule needs changed and the charge call the charge call you know what was once a staple of you know, gritty white guy defense taking charges, diving for loose balls, you know, is now it's it's so sad that you're seeing seven foot tall big men get 
breathed on and falling over. It's so sad to see that. It's flopping, and I know they're calling the... This is the flopping call. This is what, for those watching video, this is literally the flopping call that refs do when people flop. This is the flop warning. Looks like they're about to fly away. All right? It's so sad to see big men just go down for no reason in the paint. When when it's body to body, and then you're backing into him, backing into him, backing into him, and then that one final backing into him, boop, fall over, poof, going that way. Doesn't make sense. The charge call's bad, and it gets even worse when you hear this scenario. Say, ball handler going to, driving towards the hoop. Some guy comes in, at an, so here's the ball handler going towards the hoop. Here's a defender over here, and they meet at the block. And he's running, and he stops, okay? He's running full speed, and he stops and lands on his feet right before the guy gets there. Holds his nuts, falls over. Charge. Why are we rewarding people for holding their onions and getting hit and falling over, impeding progress, and that's a charge? How about shuffle in front of them and play good defense? I'm so tired of people getting rewarded for holding themselves and falling over. How is that defense? It's not. Back to West Virginia basketball. The way that this season was going, I really thought this was the year, and I want West Virginia to win a title in one of the major two sports in my lifetime. I'm sure we all do. All us alums, all us West Virginia natives. I There's like 1.8 million people. I'm sure like 1.4 million people want West Virginia to win a national title in their lifetime. Okay? It's just, it's so devastating to lose to an 11 seed and in a, in a weird year with a team that, that just, Seemed like they were really figuring it all out. They're fighting every single game. There was no quit in this team. Dude, I was just devastated. I was genuinely bombed out, bro. I drove home after that West Virginia game and listened to Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. And I was a I was emotionless. I was expressionless. I was just driving home solemnly. I had no, I had no I I I was in a whirlwind of emotions. I had nothing left to give. I was just blank staring at the road. That's all. I mean, like I had nothing left to give. I felt like I was out there fighting on the court. I was so bummed after that West Virginia loss, man. Like I feel my therapy session was earlier today. And I spent the first five minutes of that therapy session talking about West Virginia losing basketball game. And I'm not that type of guy when it comes to sports for me in sports, man, not when I was working in it, but like now it's like, dude, you know, Sun will come up tomorrow. Relax. I guess I just built the idea up in my head that this was the year for the West Virginia team to finally do it. And next year, if everybody comes back, uh, I think they'll have a really good shot of doing it also. But the thing is, will they all come back? Because you have idiots tweeting at the athletes. It's a it, That's a pandemic in of itself. A pandemic of idiots tweeting at athletes in all sports. It's a job. It is a job that I know you're very upset. Maybe you lost money and maybe you maybe you you sink your life into you live vicariously through a team and your mood is depending on how they finish. That's not a healthy mindset to have. Okay. Stop tweeting at athletes. Stop and especially if they're not on your team yet, stop tweeting at recruits to come to your university. That's so weird. That is so creepy. Stop tweeting at recruits. 
Stop tweeting athletes, bro. That one guy from Ohio State missed a couple free throws in a stupid, dumb tournament, and the stupid, dumb Earth is where a speck of dust in outer space, there's infinite galaxies, and you're going to take time out of your day to tell the kid to go off himself. And you do it from an anonymous account. That is so soft, bro. Stop tweeting at athletes. Stop tweeting negatively at athletes. <laughs> It's good to congratulate them if they worked hard on something. But don't tweet negative things at them, all right? You know, they're they're not professionals. They're 20 years old. National stage. Obviously going to freeze up. Dude, I have to say hunch over like this. This is so painful. My doctor says I have slight scoliosis. I got to stop bending over like this to do my show because it's genuinely, I'm I'm getting hurt doing this. But whatever, this is for the love of the game. Stop tweeting at athletes unless it's a good thing, all right? Because I'm seeing people tweet at W athletes, and I really would like this team to stay happy and 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 a little bit fired up to want to come back and prove them wrong. So maybe if we all tweeted at them like, hey, you guys are a great group. We'd love to see you all run it back again next year. You're going to be even better. Let's all do that. If you're going to tweet at them, do that, all right? Uh, Sister Jean. Got to talk about Sister Jean for a second. Two things. One... Why is she only using her powers for her little basketball team? We have many problems going on in the world, and she's choosing to use her powers for her little basketball team. I have issue with that. Also, I'm not sure if this is the real Sister Jean. I think there's multiple Sister Jeans. She's 101 years old. You really tell me they're going to bring you to a basketball game during a pandemic? 101 years old. Wheel her out there, and she looks like this. She looks like Bernie Sanders at the inauguration, sitting there like that. Are you kidding me? It's not the real Sister Jean. I think the real Sister Jean is either back wherever Loyola Chicago is, probably Chicago, idiot, or um, or she's gone. She's she's in the afterlife. Because that first initial run that Loyola Chicago had was great. Everybody loves Sister Jean. Now, you're telling me that's the real, that's the same Sister Jean? I think maybe a new person comes in. It's a Loyola Chicago. It's a religious school. Maybe it's like the Pope. Puff of a plume of smoke arises over the Loyola Chicago campus, and then a new Sister Jean is announced? Maybe. Weird that all the religious schools are doing well this year, though. Loyola Chicago, Oral Roberts, not many people know, Creighton, I'm pretty sure, is a Catholic university. Very weird. This is weird stuff. Um, I gotta talk about rejection I got recently. And that's been a theme. Past couple past couple uh shows a little rejection so remember when i was slamming media agencies last week on the show about four hours after i put that out i got an email saying i did not get the job i interviewed for wonder why that was probably because this company uh who i know i and if i wanted to i could name names and if I wanted to, I could name the type of people they hire and the type of work they do and how some things are fishy and fraudulent and, and the awards that they win or the awards that they're voted for don't really make any sense because the people that are, uh, you know, who, who are these publications that are rating them? Like, well, how do you how do you rate this? How do you quantify that thing that they say they're the best at? Uh, and I, I really would love to absolutely give you the whole the whole 411 on this. You know, I know the type of people that hire, I know the type of work they do. I know what I've done for me. You know, I didn't have internet and I built a media brand and I 
didn't have internet until like a couple months ago and you don't think that's impressive i learned everything by myself you don't think that's impressive that's weird that's just a weird thing oh my god i got people tweeting at me hold on that's just a weird thing that's just a weird thing oh my gosh so people are wanting to start like fights in my comments and i'm somehow involved in this let's move on um i completely lost my train of thought so rejections hurt the rejections hurt from jobs and when i got that so this company said to me they said i applied for a position a remote position and they said hey we're not hiring for that position anymore but we want to we think you'd be a great fit for this position they said quote be a great fit for this position we looked at your resume and experience we think you're a great fit for this position Fill this one thing out for us. We'll count that as your first interview. Uh, let's get it rolling. I said, sweet, thanks, great. Filled it out. A couple days later, hey, listen, it's a competitive competitive gig here, and we're going to go a different way. You should have seen the email reply I had in the draft. You should have seen it. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed. I'll tell you about the email now, but cooler heads prevailed because I could have burned a bridge I had yet to cross. It's probably not a good thing. It, it, it said, hey, thanks so much for the opportunity to interview. If you know of any other positions, I'd quote, I put quotes, I put her quotes, the HR lady's quotes in my reply email. I said, I, I wanted to say, um, if you know of any other position, quote, I'd be a great fit for, end quote, let me know. Thank you. I did not say that. <laughs> Instead, I was like, all right, well, uh, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Hope to hear from you. Never going to hear from them. And I can't wait to make a, a nice career for myself one day because I will absolutely eviscerate this brand. No. Uh, Bill Burr actually did uh, talk about this long, long ago. I remember hearing it many years ago. He said something like, you know, you hear all that. No, you hear rejection. You hear that you suck. You hear this, that. When you're coming up doing it, what it is that we do. And then you have it in your mind that, man, once I reach that pinnacle, I'm just going to be like, ba 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 ba. My therapist calls it slashing. You want to slash them. And right now, slashing sounds nice. But I know in the future, it's just in poor taste. So I'm probably not going to slash this company. If you want to know more about it, I'll tell you more about it. If you're interested here, like what it is, I, sure, I don't care. But yeah, the rejections hurt, man. And it just it just hurt to almost be lied to, to say that I'm a great fit for a job. And then, you know, not even really give me a chance to do what I do best. And that's talk one-on-one. -on -one. Bro, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, like it was a copywriter job. So obviously they want me to like write you know, quality stuff here. But if you give me the chance to talk, it's over. It's over, dude. If you give me the chance to talk, I, I mean, I'm like Nick Saban in the living room. If you give me the chance to talk, I'm like Nick Saban in the living room, dude. I mean, I could sell snow to a ski slope. Come on. What else happened in the past week? I'm gambling again. That kind of coincides with the basketball. That doesn't coincide with the rejection, but that coincides with basketball. I'm gambling again, and I'm hot. I'm actually gambling on a Chicago Blackhawks hockey game as I make this. They're up three to nothing. Go Hawks. I'm on a heater, folks. 
and I'm taking my heater and I'm taking my talents to Pittsburgh this weekend. So if you'll be in Pittsburgh the weekend of, I don't know what day it is, the weekend of the 27th, I will be at the Rivers Casino probably three days. Probably stuck there at the roulette wheel for three days. All right? That's my plan. Plan on gambling a lot and having a lot of fun and hang out with my friend who uh, just got a residency. Uh, he and a couple of doctor friends. I will be there. Also, I am not a doctor friend. It is what it is. People are tweeting at me dumb stuff. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry uh, for those watching video and stuff like that. So I have to record the episodes with my phone because I don't really have the uh, camera right now. But the phone does great stuff. I got like the 12 something and it records in super high quality stuff. So, yeah, but I'm gambling again, having a lot of fun. If anybody knows any like noteworthy strategy on how to bet like at the craps table, please tell me if you're going to say do Martingale, I'm going to throw you out of here. If you're going to say do the Iron Cross, I might listen to you for a little bit and then I'm probably going to throw you out of here. If I need a crap strategy, so if you're a craps player, let me know. I used to be a roulette guy. I'm not a blackjack guy just because I'm a contrarian, and that's the game that everybody plays, so I want to play roulette. It, apparently, Baccarat is like the best odds for regular people to win as Baccarat, but people are afraid to play it because the letters are Chinese uh, and they can't read them. At least the letters were Chinese at the casino I went to that one time. Anyways, yeah, so I'm gambling again, having a lot of fun. Um, hot man. So, uh, yeah, ride the train. Just text me for picks. My buddy texts me today. He goes, Hey, I need to pick bad. I said, Chicago Blackhawks. They're up three Oh in the second period. I don't know what to tell you when you're hot, you're hot. So it's hard to tell what I'm going to use this money, uh, that I've won on. Cause last time I went on a big gambling run, I bought podcast equipment. Maybe I'll buy streaming equipment. And because I have this idea, I know this has been a sports oriented episode, but uh, I have this idea for streaming. And I've told you a little bit about the streaming idea where I call a baseball game on a Friday night. I'm like, it's a high drive to center field, gone, like that type of thing. But like a little bit more insightful and a little bit less like, and uh, Ramirez throws it to Gonzalez over to Smith. One, two, three, inning, twin killing, double play. Like, I'm not doing that. All right. I'm not going to be like Whitey Wallaby, the announcer from the 40s. All right. I'll be, I'll be me. I'll be funny. But I want to call a baseball game because I feel like it'd be fun. Uh, another thing I want to do with baseball and with streaming is that baseball video game. MLB The Show, I don't play much video games anymore. Uh, but this baseball game is coming to Xbox, so I figure I'll buy it. And I would love to stream me playing all 162 games of a baseball season. Now, I don't, I'd have to figure out streaming schedule with my job, with my comedy aspirations, with everything involved figure out how can I play optimum amount of games so people stay intrigued because baseball games, especially video games, are long. It's like 45 minutes a game. Um, and and I think it'd just be fun for we can all come along for the ride. I plan on picking like a really bad team with not good prospects and trying to somehow muscle them up and like use my uh, managerial knowledge and use my baseball knowledge to make them an okay team. You should see this spreadsheet I have it's got a full like pitching plan it's got a full like hitting plan. it's like minor league development plan it's stupid it's gonna make no sense because these are video game people and they're not real so it's obviously not gonna work as well as it would if it were a real person but it's something fun that I like to do I've invited a couple of my uh, friends that are still working with professional baseball teams 
to like give me input, give me insight on on you know how they would run a ball club, some of the decisions they would make in game, some of the trades that they would make. So if you're a baseball fan and you're interested in that, it should be a lot of fun uh, if I can get the streaming equipment. Because streaming's a, a weird thing, and I'm, and uh, it's confusing. I don't understand it. I don't have proper setup, whatever camera, all that stuff, man. But yeah, that's that's one thing I want to do is stream all 162 games, get a real storyline going, and maybe uh, I'll let people commentate games if they want to commentate. I'll let people... Uh, uh, I'm not going to let you guest manage, but I'll let you guest join in. I'll let you hop in the chat or something like that and talk to me while I'm playing unless I get distracted and down by five runs and then you're gone. The thing is with me, like I don't have like an anger problem, but like it wouldn't not be, it wouldn't be fun if I didn't get a little bit riled up. Like baseball managers get riled up. That's what they do. You know, they throw little tantrums like kids out there on the field, like it, but it's a video game. They can only mess up i think the only call they mess up are like balls and strikes they don't really mess up tags or or balks or a ball in play or out of play they don't really mess that up in video games i feel like because it's like programmed in there they, they mess up balls and strikes i do know that but like I, you can only get thrown out and you can't get thrown out i just realized that they won't let you argue in the game so i'm gonna have to do a virtual here's <laughs> how so it's gonna go i'm figuring it out as i go okay so i'm gonna do a virtual thing where i get angry <laughs> I get mad in real life and I get thrown out. I throw myself out and then I'll let somebody take over and guest manage uh, the team for like four innings or something like that. Or maybe I get thrown out first pitch of the game because I got bad blood with the team and uh, they hit my guy or something like that. I'm who knows, man. Baseball, baseball is weird. Baseball is a funny sport. So who knows like what's going to happen with the, with doing that, man. That sounds like a really fun idea. Honestly, I got to figure out what team I want. I know I plan on picking like one of the worst teams right now. My early pick is the pirates, but the thing with the pirates is they actually have like their farm system is getting better and better. Like their, their farm system ranking right now is like upper middle. Their farm system next year ranking is going to be up. Like they're, they're building a good farm system in Pittsburgh. So the, the only thing that would appeal to me there is that they have a bad big league team and they have no money. So there's that. Um, the Colorado Rockies, however, who have some money, uh, they only have like one good player. They literally have one good player in Trevor Story. And that's it. So like, would I just be them? They don't really have a lot in the in the minor leagues right now. And maybe this would be fun. Like maybe I'll stream it and it becomes a thing in the baseball community and like actual players or front office guys uh, or, or, or coaches or whatever, managers, like, want to get involved and they want to talk and they want to chat and they want to hear my thoughts and, and my philosophy on on the game and and stuff like that i think that'd be fun i think that'd be a fun idea you know baseball baseball doesn't get a lot of love anymore it's a truly become america's pastime um i think it's great like i'm genuinely the one thing that ironically got me over the west virginia loss was like well you know baseball season's like right here and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this year uh, West Virginia baseball struggling out of the gate a little bit. Just lost to Marshall today, but uh, yeah, man. As far as like major league goes, like this could be a really fun year. I'm really excited to see what the uh, the Mets do. I made a couple bets last night as far as over under team wins. I think I picked the under on the Atlanta Braves. They had it, I think, at ninety and a half or eighty nine and a half. I just think top to bottom that division is going to be so tough, and um, I question the pitching and. 
the uh, the Pirates over. They had them at fifty seven and a half or fifty eight and a half. I think they'll win sixty games, and that's it. Because uh, they do have a couple decent players. Brian Brian Reynolds is good. This has become a sports podcast. Oh my god, Brian Reynolds is a good player. Uh, Kevin Newman can hit for three hundred, and same with Adam Frazier if they really want to. Jacob Stallings, the catcher, arguably should have been an All Star. Really good catcher. Great at uh, pitch framing. Really good catcher, Jacob Stallings. And it bothers me because uh, he's super slow. And when you're playing video games and you're screaming at the TV for a guy to, you know, get on his horse and his speed rating is like a zero, makes you not like the guy in real life. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Anything else I got here? I was going to talk about David Dobrik. And the reason I was going to talk about David Dobrik is because he's like in the headlines. But then I see the stuff he's in the headlines for, and I'm not informed enough to give a joke or an opinion on that. And I really wish I was, because that's an easy way to get views, is just to talk about people that are just being like piled on. And I don't know the state of his stuff. I know he's coming out with a billion apology videos, and he comes from the Chris D'Elia School of Crisis Management, apparently. But dude... uh. The thing with guys like David Dobrik, and I had an ex-girlfriend that really liked David Dobrik. She watched his vlogs, and she liked Ellen. And there's there's an overlap, and I'll, and I'll tell you how. It's all yang with them. There's no ying. So, so it's all yang. You know, it's all positive stuff. There's no balance. There's no, you don't see behind the curtain. So you see Ellen and you see David Dobrik and they're just handing cars out like they're candy. They're constantly giving stuff away, always laughing, smiling on camera, happy-go-lucky. Nothing negative has ever happened around them. They just, you know, uh, have this uh, good things. They just have this gravitational pull of good things. And when you pull back the curtain and they're not that, it makes people not like them even more because they've been put on this pedestal that they've never done anything wrong in their lives, which is not true. Which is why I always come out and say, hey, I'm a gambler. I have a problem. Sometimes I get a little bit uh, egotistical. I'll let you know right now, some of my takes suck, and I'm probably going to make you upset with some of my jokes sometimes. I'll tell you that right now. It's a joke, you know? It is a joke. I'm a comic. It is a joke. It's an act. It's not real. Boom. Get out in front of that. All right? So, uh, like, these people, you know... It's like I said, it's just all yang. There's no yang. So it's all positivity. And all this negative stuff comes out and people are just shocked. I'm not shocked. It is ironic though that like now he's apologizing for it now that there's heat on him. And apparently like this story came up in 2019 and now he's apologizing now that all these sponsors are pulling out money. And like, yeah, like obviously he's going to make a billion apology videos. He's like, I'm not, he said, I watch, I've never watched a single David Dobrik video in my life. Okay. I got to preface that by saying. Uh, I watched his apology video, the second one, part two. I watched the second one, and he said in the second one, I'm not taking down the first one, even though it was insensitive and wrong. Is he getting money from the first one? Is he getting money from the first one? I'm not taking it down. I'm leaving it up. Gotta be getting money from that first one, right? But yeah, Ellen DeGeneres, David Dobrik, same corporation, different division. Oh, look how nice they are. What do you mean they're not nice all the time? It's that, man. Uh, I think that'll do it. I don't think I have anything else. I got my COVID shot last week. Feel fine. I haven't grown a, a horn. I haven't pledged allegiance to China or Russia 
or whatever country they're shoving down our throat that we should be afraid of this week. Having a pledge leads to any of those. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm alive and breathing. And uh, oh, here we go. One last thing. I'm so sorry. One last thing, and I'll let you go. Speaking of the COVID vaccine, saw a guy on Instagram. Okay, saw a guy, the cardboard guy, the cardboard sign guy. All right. Um, some of his stuff's funny. Some of his stuff's not funny. Whatever. The cardboard sign guy with blonde hair, sunglasses, always wears a mask. I think he's in New York. He came out with a sign. I think it's today, the 23rd, Tuesday, that said, uh, no one cares that you, no one cares what type of COVID vaccine you got. This guy has countless donation things in his bio. He He's always promoting, you know, like take the virus seriously. You see him on the street wearing a mask every day and dude. For you to come out and say, we don't care what vaccine you got, yikes. I want to see everybody's vaccination card. I want to see everybody's vaccination card. And I do kind of care a little bit what one you get. Just just because it's something to talk about. Not because I think it's weird that Pfizer, you know, uh, is known for doing shady stuff. You know, if you had a NASCAR, Pfizer had a NASCAR. All right, they sponsored NASCAR. If you had a NASCAR, I don't want to put your item in me. I don't want to put your item like in my bloodstream. I don't want to put your item or like I don't want to be associated with that. I got Moderna, so you know, I'm still alive and breathing. But for the guy to that always always preaching take the virus seriously and always having these hot takes on his on his little cardboard sign to say like we don't care what you got, you know, like I don't want to see your vaccination. That's that's really made me lose a little bit of respect for the guy. Not that I had a ton to begin with. And then I saw who owns slash runs the account. And it's F. Jerry, everyone's favorite internet friend. F. Jerry, the notorious joke stealer, the notorious meme stealer, the notorious bad Instagrammer. F. Jerry, that whole company. Great that those two people are in cahoots. Because now I can just hate them both equally. Let that, let that hate out of your heart, folks. It feels good. My therapist told me to do more things that I want to do for myself. So letting hate out of my heart is one of those things. So next week's episode is probably going to be a doozy. Because uh, we're talking about mom and therapy this week. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, thank you guys for stopping by. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Franco's World. And in the meantime, keep taking care of yourselves. See ya.